Hi, and welcome to This American Life. I'm Priya. I'm Deepthi. I'm Uma. And I'm Jamie. Jenny, thanks for coming onto our podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I guess the long story short is that I'm a healthcare operations worker by day, but by night, I am a podcaster. I am a trainer, a facilitator, and a professional speaker. And I speak on all sorts of topics that basically revolve around health and wellness and professional and personal development, all related to kind of who we are and our stories that we are as people. Awesome. Really excited to talk with you today. The topic that we wanted to discuss was a little bit about career and the importance of career in our society and the conversations that we have when we meet new people. So um, we thought you could provide some really interesting insight into that. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. (laughs) You know, personally for me, my anxiety level has been very high in the year of 2020 and especially as the election was happening or even before that, like all of the campaigning and everything. And I think it's really easy to kind of lose sight of yourself when things like that are happening around you that are just so high stress. And I know a lot of people sometimes during those times of high stress and especially being in COVID too, and we're just kind of alone with our thoughts and we just, we're all working from home. We have a lot more free time and you start to like get more reflective thinking, you know, is this the career that I want or what's, what's kind of next for me? How, how's it kind of been for, for, I guess, all of you just recently, you know, either with the election or with COVID, do you feel like you've been thinking about these things more now than you have previously? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think when COVID first hit, there was like these waves of layoffs. So that was very stressful. Just kind of like thinking about your job and not really knowing what's going on with that. But I don't know, I feel like I've just like kind of like adjusted to this new normal, like this pandemic sort of world that we live in right now. Just kind of like waiting it out, basically. Yeah. Do you work from home? Yeah, I do. I work from home. And it's very interesting to see it, like this whole work from home phenomenon, like just like everyone's working from home now. And it's just like forever just changed like our society, I feel. I know. And, like, yeah, it's like, like even... Moving forward, I feel like people are going to either be in two camps, like they're either going to love working from home or they're going to be like, no, Mm -hmm. I have to go back to the office. I can't. Yeah, (laughs) it's just so interesting to see how it changes on a micro level and a macro level society as a whole. So many people are just moving from big metropolitan cities and they're just moving to like the suburbs. Yeah. Housing market is just so ridiculously weird. Instead of falling, you know, taking a dip, it's actually really, really in demand right now in like suburb areas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I have a lot of friends that are in, it's kind of related to actually all of this, to COVID, to election and the whole career Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So a lot of people that are in these metropolitan areas that have really high cost of living and now that they're all working from home. So I know a ton of my friends, I actually came from DC who they're like, well, why do I need to be living in DC if basically the city is shut down? Like I might as well just go back to my family's home, whether it's in the suburbs or 
even just a town that's not in DC. <laughs> and then you get the, the lower cost of living, but then you're still working in DC, but you're just working remotely just like everyone else. And, yeah, and I think that's led to a lot of kind of this career identity crisis because a lot of young people move to these cities to really find themselves and get involved in their careers. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now it all just looks different. And like these cities are basically like shaped you know, off of these big offices. But it's, it's very interesting to see everyone move home. We're all millennials. And I think we're in like our early 30s or whatnot. And people are just like, oh, okay, I'm cool. I'm gonna like chill with my parents. Yeah, and they actually want to. <laughs> I think we used to make fun of people who would live with their parents because they had to pay college student loans and things like that. Right. And now people are actually wanting to do it. It's normalized yeah. now. It is normalized. Well, and you bring up a good point of diversity too, because yeah, you know, when you're in these cities or even in an in-person workplace, like you're, you're exposed to things, like you're forced to interact with people. And I think with so many things that happened this year, whether it's the election or just like so many social issues like Black Lives Matter and all these things where we're forced to kind of have these conversations, but we're just in our, you know, I have the diversity of one. It's me like in my, in my room. So it's like, I, I don't even really get to have these in-person connections and conversations with people. You already start to lack that exposure and connection to people who look different than you. And, and you, you kind of lose all of that when you're, when you're forced mm-hmm. to work from home and when you're forced to work from home just by yourself too. I'm actually curious, Johnny, like before this pandemic happened, where were you? Did you actually end up moving to, or are you at the same place you're at right now? I'm actually in the same place. So I moved to Memphis, I guess about three years ago now. I moved from DC and I was, I work at one of the largest healthcare providers in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's what I kind of do as my day job. And I was actually working there in person for like the first two, three months of the pandemic when most people had already Mm -hmm. transitioned to work from home. And it was wild. I mean, I mean like working in healthcare, it's like, you know, that's, you just kind of had a role with it because we were all figuring it out and healthcare had changed. And gosh, like speaking of career, you know, I, I had moved here for the job and literally it was like overnight, my job changed. Mm -hmm. And I had to like really be real with myself and say, you know, am I in this for like the good of healthcare? Am I in this for, you know, what I wanted for my, for myself, for my life? Because I'll tell you that the values that I, you know, I talk about this a lot is finding those values that you want in a career and, and kind of following the values. But that for me changed overnight. Like all mm-hmm. of the values that the reason that I, I had been drawn to this job, so many of them all of a sudden got flipped turned on their head. But in my mind, you know, I'm always, I think most of us that were put in a similar position were saying, it's temporary. It's temporary. You're like, you know, it's the COVID will go, it'll go, we'll get a vaccine. And you know, well, we'll all these other countries got over it, we'll get over it. And I don't think people realize how long it was going to be. And so I was kind of, you know, working on my hospital for the good of the hospital. And I think it took about three months finally, where I think we realized, okay, we need to get people out of the hospital who aren't, aren't doing direct patient care. Mm -hmm. And so fortunately, I was one of those people. I say fortunately, because then I was able to get myself out of the hospital to reduce the number of people that were unnecessarily there. So I have now been working remotely. I'm still working for the hospital. Every once in a while, I got to go in. But that's like, it's like a once in a blue moon now versus before I was working there from like 
6 a.m. to 10 p.m., randomly going in at one o'clock in the morning and on weekends, just basically (laughs) trying to keep the place safe for everyone. It was wild. So yeah, talk about real big career change, very (laughs) unexpected, very heavy stress. And, you know, I've, I've had to do a lot of that thinking. I think, how do you just start to have those conversations and be transparent with people, you know, that like, hey, you know, the career is different, or I'm starting to think about career differently, or is it okay that I'm looking at new careers or things like that? Like, it's, it's hard conversations to have, especially during this time when, you know, it's no one's fault that, yeah. that workplaces are changing, but the reality is that they are. And we kind of have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, it's changed. And is this still the life that I want for myself? And it's, I think people have to really sit with that and figure out the answer to that for themselves. Yeah. I mean, so something that, you know, changed for me as well, like I've always been kind of, I have had a lot of anxiety around like job hunting and thinking like, oh, if I'm unemployed, that's going to, you know, look bad or whatever, like in society, like, especially I feel like in South Asian culture or just Asian culture in general. Imagine just telling your parents that like, Hey, I'm going to be unemployed for six months. Yeah. Like not (laughs) by choice. Like it definitely can't be by choice. Right. Right. A break or anything. And being at home, like being at home with my parents, like I am very fortunate, like I'm not going to be homeless if I don't have a job. Right. So I've really just had to shift my mindset and think like, okay, this is a you know, a bonus time that I get with my family. Like if I have free time, I can help my parents or, you know, with different things or just kind of like get that quality time that I wouldn't have if I was working. So I'm just trying to like shift that. And, you know, as far as society goes, like who really cares? You know, like at the end of the day, I think everyone knows that, you know, this is a hard time. Like a lot of people lost their jobs. So it's not, you know, some crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and you, and you kind of even said in the beginning of the, we were jokingly being like, yeah, we can't tell them we definitely did this by choice. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like people are in a place, whether it's, you know, mentally, they're just in a space where they've just done a lot of reflection and they're kind of seeing that their career has changed or it is people who they've been forced out of their careers because of COVID. And so there's a lot of people right now, I think that are in this stage of, figuring out what's next for them. And I think that can be a really scary place to sit with, especially because I don't know how many people at one time just had to very suddenly kind of be put in this situation. It's, it's a lot of people across the whole world. Like it's not even just like a United States thing. It's a world thing right now where a lot of people are kind of reflecting on their careers. And I'm guessing, I know that Deepa, you also kind of in a space like that right now where you're career reflecting? Yeah, so for me, it's more I'm feeling a little bit uninspired by my job. And my background's kind of funny, because I was unemployed until the pandemic. Oh, wow. So I always felt this sort of pressure from like, whenever I met someone new of like, saying I was even unemployed, because it was for almost a year. And it was, I think, because we live in one of those metropolitan areas with a lot of successful people, especially Mm -hmm. in the Desi community, it feels a little socially jarring for you to be like, oh, I'm just unemployed because unfortunately our community does have that sort of internal bias towards people who quote unquote appear to not be trying. Absolutely. So... 
Well, and not only that, so it's, it's not even just the dichotomy, I feel like, of having a job or not, but at least what I've seen in um, my community at, at home, our Indian community, was that they would always, they also rank the jobs on top of each other. So oh, it's yeah. very much a comparison of like, well, my son or daughter is doing this. My son or daughter is doing this. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like a, when you introduce yourselves at, at even family gatherings or parties, mm -hmm. I always, like the second thing out of someone's mouth after this is, this is my name is like, oh, they're an engineer. Oh, they're a doctor. Oh, they're, and I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. We've just been so socialized and conditioned to feel like our self-worth is based off of this profession that we have, or even just the check the box of, okay, yes, you have a stable job, you have a yeah. stable career. And we really have to change that because like you said, we shouldn't have to feel embarrassed or have to feel like to have to feel like we need to justify, um, you know, not having a career at that moment or being unemployed. First of all, like sometimes that might just be hard for someone to talk about. So why do we yeah. even have to put that additional guilt on someone if they might already be kind of going through something? Cause there could be a million reasons why somebody is unemployed. It's not up to us then to put additional assumptions and pressures onto people, yeah. like let people just live their lives and, you know, do what yeah. they're going to do. And second of all, if somebody has made the choice to be, you know, unemployed because maybe they're in a position where they can just enjoy life for some time. And they have that amazing privilege of not having to live by their paycheck in order to get means or to, to enjoy their life. Like power to them. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that should yeah. be something we, we judge. Why don't we celebrate that? And again, it's not, it doesn't mean that that person's just sitting back and, and doing nothing. Like maybe they're taking care of themselves. Maybe they're experiencing happiness for the first time in a long time. Maybe they're reconnect with their families. Maybe they're traveling and learning about the world. You know, there's so many things that someone else could be doing that again, I think it just comes back to who cares? <laughs> like if that person yeah. is either one happy with the decisions that they've made, why does anyone else need to then put a judgment yeah. on it? And two, even if they are going through something, then let them go through that journey without judgment. Yeah. You know? I always like to think like, how does that even affect anyone? Other oh, than it doesn't. <laughs> it's just yeah. a way to, to psychologically say, oh, I'm better than that person. But like, are you? <laughs> are you really <laughs> by thinking those things? Like, yeah, it, it doesn't really help anybody at, at the end of the day. And, and if anything, then if God forbid you end up in that position one day, mm -hmm. you're going to be thinking, well, crap, I thought those things about that person. So now people are thinking things about me. Like, it's just the self-fulfilling prophecy that we just do this to ourselves. Speaking of like unemployment and like taking time off for yourself, um, I think that a lot of people don't do it and I feel like it's a good idea for people to, but also the problem with that is I feel like in our society, we're so career driven and it's literally like, if you don't have your job, you can't pay your rent and you can't yeah. like pay your groceries. And it just puts you in such a tight space that you can't take these risks. And that's the thing that really sucks. For example, after my first job, I was still pretty young. I was living with my parents. And thanks to Obama, I was still covered under mm. my dad's insurance. Cause I yeah, was for like, help for health insurance. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I was like 24, 25. So I actually did something really crazy. And, you know, contrary to like everyone else's opinion, you know, all the uncles and aunties, I quit my first job because I was yeah. like, I'm so done. Like I'm like overworked and I quit. 
And I actually took a couple months off. But now thinking back, I think I was put in a very good position to take risks like that because I didn't have to pay rent. I had like health insurance and, you know, I got to travel. Like I went to Europe. That was like something that I've wanted to do for like three years. But then I feel like after I quit, like the first three months was like the honeymoon phase where everything was like great (laughs) and it's all good. And then like, you know, fourth month, fifth month kicked in and then it got really stressful. You're just like, wait, I don't have a job. I feel like I need to get a job and like, you know, be a responsible adult and, you know, continue on with life. And now I'm just realizing that, you know, me as a 29 year old, it'd probably be hard to do something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, it's such a good point to think of, you know, people who are able to make the choice to be unemployed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a privilege. Like when we talk about social Mm -hmm. activism, that is a privilege. And the reason for that is because we've built the world that success is based on making a dollar and that you need a dollar in order to buy things to bring value to your life. Exactly. And it just really sucks because sometimes people do need that time to figure out who they are or figure out their next steps. And the fact that like, you just have to like keep working and cranking out like, you know, money, otherwise you can't survive. It's like a very tough situation. Yeah. Yeah, Especially when you're trying to switch careers or Mm -hmm. companies or anything like that. Yeah. You can't just like, boom, 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 like keep going. Like where's the grace period? (laughs) Yeah. The time for us to just like mentally heal from like, it sounds like maybe you were in a job where you, you were saying like, I just, I needed to leave that. Like, it sounds like that was like mentally really hard for you. And Mm -hmm. you know, what if another person was in that situation, but they need, maybe they weren't able to get, Mm -hmm. um, stay on their parents' health insurance. And then because of that, they had to just get another job really fast. And yeah. Exactly. Part of it is, of course, we need to make money to live in this society. But I wonder if like our mentality of working this hard comes from like our parents' generation who you know, definitely did have to work really hard. Mm-hmm. And like we grew up hearing from them like, you know, education mm-hmm. and then get your career and then, you know, you get married ideally after that as well. Like that's the order you have to go in. Yeah, I think it's definitely like a, it's a cultural expectation, I think, for us, for sure. And then on top of that, I think that's just this expectation of being a human in like a capitalistic world. (laughs) Like, I think it's just, it's all those things just piling on top of each other. Because I will say, like, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of careers, too in my life. And I think when, I don't know if you all, if y'all did study abroad, but like I had to pitch my parents study Mm. abroad. It was very weird for them Mm. that I would just like leave the country, leave the education that we were paying tuition for, and then go to a random country where like supposedly you're taking classes, but a lot of it is just like cultural immersion. And in order to convince my parents, I actually sat them down and did a PowerPoint presentation And like had to be like, these are the classes that I'm taking. These are the classes that it would convert to credits at Carolina. Like I still had to kind of speak their language in order to sell the study abroad to them. Same thing with my gap year. Like the fact that we have to call it a gap year. Like in between undergrad and grad school, I had to pitch my gap year to them so that they would know like, okay, yeah, she's not wasting her time. It's a good, sensible thing. She's thought this through. And it's just, it's just sad that we have to do that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to justify it to our own parents and then of course to the rest of the world too. Like if you're going to apply for a job, you have to explain your gap year. You have to explain like, you know, why you did this and that. Yeah. And you have to be like, well, on this gap year, I learned these things. I achieved these objectives. And like, it's very interesting. Like I do want to kind of talk about how people in European countries view work-life balance as, because one time while I was traveling to Europe, I had a layover in London actually used to live in England for a while. So I met up with my childhood friend, Rachel, and then we were just catching up on life. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm like so burned out from my job. So I just quit and I'm finally traveling. I've never got to do it. She was telling us about her life and she was just, yeah, I'm just trying a lot of different things. Yeah, you know, like I took some time off and then I went to uni and like, you know, I think I dabbled in fashion for a little bit and she was very passionate about like fashion. So that I was like, that's great. Like, it's so nice how like you can actually not get so stressed out about like education and college loans and things like that. Because I think college is way more affordable in England. And then I was talking to her recently and she's actually not doing fashion right now. She's doing architecture, but she's actually like seriously, legitly doing like a master's in architecture program. And then I think she sent me links to her designs and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's very cool. The fact that you're able to follow your passions and you have the opportunity to is very cool. And I feel like because our parents had to work so hard, we couldn't take as many risks and actually do things that we like. But what I'm noticing is that there are actually a lot of people who are doing side businesses and Mm -hmm. side hustles. Like, especially in our, like, South Asian community. And I think, like, we're tapping into our creativity and we are taking risks after we, like, you know, get our degree. And, like, yeah, got that stable job first. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we're almost there. We still have to prove ourselves a little Mm -hmm. bit. (laughs) But I I totally hear you. And I actually, I lived in Ireland for Mm -hmm. when I did study abroad. So it was similar in that mentality of, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to uni to just kind of take the classes that I want. College is free. <laughs> so, you know, I'm able to just kind of pursue what I want. And, and I was like, wow, there's like, there's no stress. <laughs> there's not. Yeah. And one thing I also noticed is that there weren't these tracks that were set up so early, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have mixed feelings about, but, you know, I've had friends who were kind of put on that path of like pre-med starting in yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, that puts a lot of pressure on that student. Oh yeah, to Not sure. only meet rigorous academic expectations, but also if you change your mind, people will just think that you're idiotic for passing up an opportunity. Right. This doesn't give that flexibility. I think that people honestly at that young age and even our young age, you really need that flexibility because you want to be able to dabble in different things and see what your interests are. And when you're locked in that early, it kind of restricts some of that freedom and creativity. Yeah. I think it like starts from what, like sophomore year, PSATs? Yeah. (laughs) And then your whole life is just tests and tests and tests. Going back to the medicine thing, but I know some people from high school, they went to India because it's like faster to get your medical degree from India back here. And then I'm like, but do you actually know? Because I was, I thought I wanted to be a doctor and I switched like my first semester. I was just like, I hate chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm just like, do you actually know that you want to be a doctor? Yeah. And like, honestly, think about all the time you spend taking those courses and all the money you spend in college. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, halfway through, you realize that this is not what I want. And it's just, you're just so miserable. 
I mean, I basically have had a similar situation too. I think like a lot of us, you know, thought we might be doctors at one point. So I also studied biology and then like halfway through, I thought I wanted to switch to business. And by then it was too late. I was like, I'm going to have to do an additional like three years of school. I didn't want to waste those years. And my parents definitely were like, you kind of wasted time. Like you should have just gone straight to business school, which is like ironic because, you know, being in med school would have been like an okay path, but right. <laughs> just like, you should have just gone straight to business school. Yeah. So yeah. And medicine would have tacked on another 10 years onto your timeline. So, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's just so like, I, I definitely felt that pressure in high school. Like I, the only reason I pursued biology is because I think a lot of my high school peers were pre-med and are now doctors. Yeah. I didn't know what else there was like out there. I felt like we didn't, they didn't really tell us what the options were in high school. Like I didn't know you could be a public speaker or any kind of like business professional. Like I just didn't know what that entailed. So I just feel like there needs to be more like education around that kind of thing earlier on. Yeah, Yeah. I think so too. And just like more exposure to non-traditional exactly. thing like non-traditional but it's almost like non-traditional for daisies <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's so many careers out there and and honestly it's okay to have multiple careers because as you grow and change and shift in your life you might find joy in different things and mm-hmm. if that means that you're going to have multiple jobs and multiple careers I think that's absolutely fine and I think that's another mentality that challenges they see expectations of no, no, like you study from middle school. I think I, my PSATs were in like seventh grade and seventh grade, yeah. I was like training for the PSATs to get into a good medical school. <laughs> and right. Like just you know, ridiculous. If you think, about oh it. my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's so laughable now when I like talk to my mom and dad, I'm like, do you remember when you switched out all my books in my bookshelf from fiction books to nonfiction books in seventh grade? And they were like, <laughs> Yeah, but now looking back, it's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, back then we were still figuring out like who our friends were and like right. how to actually function in society, yeah. let alone like what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. I know. Yeah. And same thing. Like, I don't think I knew so many careers out or even just the career names I knew. I've often reflected on when I talk to people about careers, that's almost why. I think I've talked about this before in a, in my Ted talk, but I don't even really like looking at job titles. Mm -hmm. Like I just like to look at kind of the genre of like the field that maybe you want to be in, or just like what types of professional values that you want to see yourself in, what type of skills like bring you joy. And then just like do like Google searching and then you'll maybe find a career. You'll make your own. Like that's, that's almost the way to, to kind of do it now these days is you just kind of create your own path and create your Mm -hmm. own, create your own career. And at least I know what works with Daisy parents is if you're confident and you've shown them that you've thought things through, then they will more likely stand behind you. <laughs> you have a plan and a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, plan and a PowerPoint presentation. You can sell anything to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was a good point you made. Like a lot of the job titles that exist today, like we're not there. Like five, 10 years ago, and people mm. are just, you know, coming up with new things every day. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's also the mentality. Like when people ask me like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, I just want to like work with people, like do something creative and yeah, I love be that. happy, like enjoy my 
team and enjoy the company I'm working for. I don't care like what industry it is, like what job mm-hmm. title it is. I love that. Yeah, yes. focus on the qualities. Yeah. I have a question for all of you guys. Like if you could give maybe one word, what you want to do with your career, what would that be? I'll tell you, I'll tell you mine because I literally just made it up and now Mm -hmm. it's become my professional tagline, but I call myself a professional storyteller who empowers other people to tell their own stories. And that's what I just tell people what I do. And then when they want more details because I've piqued their interest, then I'll tell them more. (laughs) Yeah, I think like for me, I, I like to help people. Like it's very generic, but like, I want to make other people's jobs easier, other people's lives easier. So that's, like, something that I try to do in my day-to-day. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, like, having worked for a long time, I still have many years to go. I think it's very important to do something that you're really passionate about. So whatever that is, just kind of, like, follow your drive. For me, I think that would be more, like, something creative, like, building things but also like working with people and working in a team to help your team build things, bigger, Mm -hmm. bigger picture stuff. I'm not so much like into the very minuscule details. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I'm kind of learning about myself these days. Nice. What about you, Deepthi? I think for me, it's like, I'm very inspired by impactful and meaningful things that could help society like I've been discovering a lot about like how you know software has helped people during the COVID crisis like just get more information how it's helped different public health initiatives and anti-racism and that's what I want to work that's what would make me happy at the end of the day I don't know I mean like now I'm a big advocate for people like trying to follow their passions before I wasn't like I would say that you know I was kind of like that you know condescending Indian auntie looking down on like for example like my brother he wanted to do something very different than like a typical engineer or doctor or lawyer and I literally remember like talking to him and just being like this is impossible you cannot do this career like it doesn't pay well and it's Mm -hmm. like so out of left field like And I remember talking him out of it and now like having like worked for a while and just kind of like learning about life. I'm just like, oh, I wish I didn't give that advice to him. You know, I wish I like. The thing is, is that we've all been there, right? Because like we've just talked about, like we've all been socialized like this. It sounds like we were all brought up in similar cultures Mm -hmm. and similar families. Like it's, that's how our brains have been structured. And I think if anything, like kudos to having that self-reflection later on to be like, you know what, like. I need to change that mentality. You know, it's never yeah, too, it's never I mean, too late. And then now, like whenever I, you know, talk to like my brother or my cousins or my sister, I'm just like trying to support like whatever their passions are. Yeah. And some of them don't really fall within engineering or your traditional career roles, but just go for it. Life is so mm-hmm. short. Your parents came here and sacrificed a lot for you. Some of us do have that privilege to experiment now. So. Yeah. yeah. And plus I feel like now we have, a few figureheads in our community who are like going yeah outside of the grain and not really doing traditional things like yeah representation matters Absolutely. yeah a follow-up to that actually like I was just thinking how do you guys feel about some people say like if you have a hobby or a passion that like you shouldn't make that your job because then you won't enjoy it anymore 
Like, what do you guys think about that? Hard disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it just depends because there is like a level of burnout if you feel like you're failing at that hobby or passion (laughs) and you feel like it there's like that whole imposter syndrome but I also feel like there's a way you could set yourself up your mindset up to not have that even if you are doing not as well as you thought you would our culture, because like you said, Uma, we're so focused on success because some of our parents have made it and they've always like focused this whole like, okay, you need to save every paycheck and get to a comfortable level like us. And it's always like success is somewhat driven by finances. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm making stuff up right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no, that makes sense. What saying? Yeah, I think yeah. like really great things can come when you pursue your passion and hobbies. Like we've seen yeah. it like, with like, for example, like Superwoman. She was just making random yeah. YouTube videos. And now she like literally built an empire for herself. Even like uh, Deepika and, and Nina Gavaluri and like different people. Yeah. So, like, I totally see, like, I agree with all of you, especially what Johnny was saying, like, hard, you know, hard disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I could also see, like, the viewpoint from whoever said that advice. Maybe, like, for example, if your passion was to, like, make music and you make it really big and you don't really, like, your passion was just to make music and that's brought you happiness, not, like, the, the fame, you know, the fame. Maybe you could be unhappy. Maybe this could be, like you know, turning your hobby into a business might actually not be good for some people. They might not like it. But I feel like with fame comes a lot of like, especially in our social media world, comes a lot of like unnecessary hatred, even Mm -hmm. from people within our own community. Like if you guys have followed all the reality TV shows that have come out with our representation, like Family Karma, Indian Matchmaking, mm-hmm. even like some of the more famous TikTokers, like if you read through the comments about these people, there's like such hateful stuff being said that it's almost like just putting themselves out there has given people the right to judge them for like some like minute thing they said Mm -hmm. and it's like but we don't actually know them (laughs) (laughs) i i hear i echo with a lot of what everyone's saying and i think for me why 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 my gut is a hard disagree is i think it, it kind of deeply even said this like i think it's about motivation like i think you know my my perspective is you're at your job for the majority of the time in your life, even if it's just a traditional nine to five, right? Even if it's a traditional nine to five, that's the majority of hours in a day, like when you're awake. So that job needs to bring you happiness. Otherwise you're gonna be miserable and sad for the majority of time in your life that you're spent awake. And that Mm. to me is just like startling to think about. So I think that it comes down to motivation like what is it that motivates you to make this your job and also even transitioning and thinking in our mind you know what makes something a job you know like Mm -hmm. what is so different than calling something a hobby and a job is it just that you're getting paid for it because buskers you know people who perform out and get money you know on the side you know maybe that's their career you know so i think it also just kind of depends you know how people define jobs how people Mm -hmm. define careers i think it 
goes back to a lot of what we're saying of just that, you know, things don't really necessarily need to be labeled or put in a box. I think it's, if somebody is doing something that makes them happy, they've found a way to make it fulfill them and helping them make and meet, uh, make ends meet in their life, then like, I call that a job. If they call it a hobby, they call it a hobby, but at least it's something that's bringing them joy and they're doing it the majority of their life. Then that to me equates then the time that I would spend in a nine to five mm-hmm. job. So I'm like, yeah. that's a job they're making. It's making them happy. <laughs> um, question for you all. So to the listeners out here, any young adults who are like, you know, looking to start their career, whatnot, or people who are looking to switch their careers, just for everybody to answer, what are some like resources that people can utilize if they do want to switch their careers? And what are a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is looking to do that? I mean, I've, I've gone through this, Uma and Priya know, but Essentially, I switched from business analysis to UX design, and it wasn't an easy path for me. Like, I was unemployed for, like, a year, and I had to go back and do business analytics because I, like, wasn't finding a job because it was just really hard. The transition was really hard, and I was, like, there are days I would be crying to, like, my mom and my boyfriend because I was like I'm never gonna find a job like my life is over I was very dramatic guys it's very like it's funny now that I think about it but the thing is I would keep in mind that job hunting isn't really easy for anyone like there's a very select few people that have a very easy time and it's for whatever reason they're really good at networking they just have a really good resume they had internships from like when they were even in high school maybe <laughs> like it's when like in preschool basically yeah <laughs> so so like I would not hold yourself up to like a unattainable standard and have empathy in yourself and realize that you're doing one thing every day that makes you feel like you're accomplishing something whether that's even getting out of the bed so yeah. cool like that. So I've, I talk about this exercise basically in a nutshell is that you write down just like values that bring you happiness that you would want in like a professional field. And then when you look at job descriptions, like looking at various job descriptions online, when you cover up the job titles, that way you're not drawn to the title, you're more drawn to the words that are in the job description, you might just open up your eyes a little bit and you might give you, you might see opportunities that you might've been blind to before because they didn't have the right keywords in that job title or even the field that you were in. Like a lot of the times our, our knowledge and skills are actually transferable across sectors as the even just kind of mentioned. And if we don't keep our eyes open and our heart open to what's beyond a job title or the field title, we might miss out on some really cool opportunities. The other very practical advice that I can give people too about, about resumes is tailor your resume for the job you want, not for the jobs you've had. So take off things that aren't relevant. Like, so what if you're like really good at making PowerPoints? If you don't want to make PowerPoints in your next job, don't put that on there. Like if anything, like put things that allude to the fact that you're tech savvy and like you know how to use Microsoft because then when you get the interview guaranteed, then you can mention how you made like eight PowerPoints. But on your, on your resume, 
tailor it to what the, what the job is that you want to actually see yourself doing every day. And don't even just think about, um, you know, we talked about like, oh, people have had internships forever and volunteer positions. Like think about those positions that you've had in the past. Like if I did something where I was volunteering at the zoo when I was in high school, but there was something that was so relevant to that, that this job is going to want, don't worry about the fact that it was when you were 16. Don't worry about the fact that it was a volunteer position. If it was something that you gained and you learned, there's always a way to flip something and use the right keywords to sell that experience to an employer. That's cool. I like those tips, especially the one where you like cover up the titles. That would be like a great, uh, great hack for people who want to figure That's out how I found the job that brought me to Memphis. Nice. Works. Um, <laughs> I have a question. Like, I think we talked about this before a little bit, but like when you are in high school and you pretty much do kind of have to start choosing your major soon, like what should people do? You know, like I, I feel like I was so stuck at that time. Like I felt like I just had to choose something and we just talked so much about how we should explore. We should like, you know, take different classes and all of that. Like, how do we same here? Um, just to add on to that, like, I was so socialized that like everything that I thought about, every career I thought about, I had to make sure that it was like, um, you know, economically like beneficial, like intellectually beneficial. Like I remember I would go around asking tons of uncles and aunties about like, at that point I liked biology a lot and I thought biotech was a great career. But like, instead of like actually understanding biotech and seeing like, if that's something I enjoy, I would always be like, Oh, what are the job prospects of biotech? Exactly. Like, I did the exact, exact same thing. Exact same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, is it so good? Like, is, am I going to have a career after I come out of college? Like thinking back, I'm like, oh my God, no, like, don't, please don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's funny you say that because I think like us 2009, 2010 high school grads, like we're conditioned to think biotech was like the next <laughs> hot thing. <laughs> Because I remember being in that whole phase, too. I was like, oh, I could invent, like, the next robotic arm. And I was like, <laughs> it's, like, very, Crazy. yeah. Group, group think. But, yeah, like, that's a good question, Priya. Like, what would you tell high school kids? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know the solution, which is why I'm asking you guys. Because yeah. I, like, I actually was talking to one of my high school teachers at one point too. And I was like, you know, has it changed? Like our kids still really stressed. Cause when I was in high school, like they seemed really stressed. And he's like, yeah, I think it's worse than yeah. it was when you were yeah. here. Yeah. Like, like I, they're just like so hyper-focused on getting into college. Like that's mm-hmm. all they care about. And yeah. it just kind of sucks. I like, I see my, I see my sister. She's not in high school, but she's 10 years younger than me. So stressed out all the time. She is in the typical pre-med track, but every day I, I check, I make sure that this is what she wants to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I tell her, I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, if your passion is to work at Starbucks, I will still be 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. I, will. I tell her, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Don't sweat it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that that's the best thing we can do is like support whatever mm-hmm. the next generation wants to do, like whether that's our kids or, you know, like people we know. Um, yeah. I think one thing that I've like, I actually just talked to a high school yesterday. So I like, I heard their energy and like, granted it was around anti-racism and activism. So you could kind of tell what the things that they were thinking about, but just hearing a group of students, like so motivated and inspired about things that 
I didn't know crap about when I was in high school. I don't know about y'all, but like this world of social activism was only really introduced to me when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. At least putting names to things, you know? Yeah. 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 And um, just to see people that are like younger than 16 already kind of think about these things is, you know, I, I reflect about, you know, what I would have given them that advice if they were going to ask me like, oh, you know, like what, what should I do in college? Because I, when I talked to them, my speech was a lot about college. And I think I would kind of say, echo the sentiments we talked about today is don't worry about that end career unless, Uma, like you mentioned, you're like a hundred percent passionate and sure mm-hmm. that like, that's yeah. what you want to be. My best friend who lives in New Zealand now, when we were four, told our friend group that she was going to study dolphins. And then now she's 30 years old and studies dolphins in New Zealand. She's a rarity though. She's the (laughs) exception. Most people are going to be soul searching until they're their mid thirties, if not even after Mm -hmm. that. So I almost feel like it's like, you know, actually take a look at colleges for the types of majors that they offer or even the mm-hmm. types of schools that are there. Like, is there a journalism school? Is there a public health school? And pick a college slash university slash major program that actually excites you about wanting to like wake up. And I think of a true test of this was like, if this class was only taught as an 8 a.m. course, <laughs> would you go? Yes. And if the answer is no, <laughs> maybe think about switching your major. But if there was a journalism class about like anti-racism, you know, how to tailor the media to be anti-racist, I would have woken up for that 8 a.m. course. (laughs) So I think that's like a good test of like, think about would you wake up for an 8 a.m. course and then take your major and let the major and your courses and your classes and your professor then lead you to the career. Because I, like you, like I went, I applied to college being pre-med and Oma, the question I would ask people was, okay, so if I'm pre-med, what's the best major that I need to put so that way I get accepted into college? Right, yeah. I didn't even care about if I liked the major. I literally mm-hmm. was just strategic about what's going to get me to med school, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't even sure that I wanted to go to med school. Like, I'm just curious to see what sort of parents we will become. I already feel like I'm going to be like this hippie you know major in music it's totally fine follow your passion yeah. <laughs> um, me too and that's a wrap for this week's episode of daisy american life if you enjoyed this week's episode we'd love to hear your thoughts you can reach us at daisy american life at gmail.com or follow us on instagram facebook and now tiktok at daisy american pod And we're actually doing an Instagram giveaway this week, so feel free to check it out and win some goodies and also a free coaching session by Jenny Rad. Thank you and bye.